What's up, guys? Today's podcast is going to be, uh, we're going to start off talking a little bit about Apple and Qualcomm, and then we're going to go into socialism, capitalism views, a little bit of Disney, and then maybe if we got time and I feel like it would discuss the Trump, uh, you know, the headlines about what he said about the protests and whatnot. So without further ado, let's jump into it. So to start it off, uh, me and my buddy were having a conversation about Qualcomm the other day and about how uh, Apple and Qualcomm are in their legal dispute. And he really didn't know what was going on, so I kind of broke it down for him from the bit of research that I did. So basically, uh, Qualcomm, as you know, makes chips. They make uh, It's a semiconductor company, also a tech company, you could say. And uh, they make these chips that go into each and every single iPhone. Now, they got into a huge dispute with, uh, or Apple got into a huge dispute with them saying, you know, the business practices were shady. And how were the shady was because not only would Qualcomm charge Apple for its, you know, to, to buy its chip from them, but then Qualcomm would go around and say, hey, we also get a royalty off of every iPhone that's sold because, you know, you're using our technology and stuff like that. And I'll argue, well, that's not fair because, hey, look, we already, we're paying for the chip. Why are we paying for the royalty? And then Apple uh, told its uh, Chinese companies that are putting them together, do not make payments to Qualcomm until this suit's settled. And it's been over a year that this suit's been going on, and uh, Qualcomm stock has taken a huge, uh, huge hit. And then it goes into, uh, you know, Apple saying, you know, we shouldn't have to pay for this. And then Qualcomm says, well, you know the deal. Everyone's been paying for this. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, if you want to continue buying our product, this is what it takes. So then, you know, this debate got into, like, the intellectual property thing, which was, like, if it's your thing and you negotiate it, I mean, why wouldn't Qualcomm be able to charge what they want? They're the ones that made it, and if Apple didn't want to make it, then whatever. And, and Qualcomm argued that the iPhone wouldn't be the iPhone without Qualcomm's help because it is Qualcomm's chip that's in there that allows the iPhone to have better charging, allows for a faster processor, allows for a lot of the things, and, and, and allows also for this phone to become smaller to have more of a look and a feel than it does. But then Apple says, well, you're not the only one because only piece of the thing that makes the phone, you know, we make the glass, we make the, the programming, we make the iOS system, we make everything. And Qualcomm says, that's fine and dandy, but without our chip to freaking make everything run, it'd be irrelevant. That's why we want a portion of the cells too. So as you can see, this kind of gets heated and it's, it's going on from there. And then this just kind of brought us into the conversation of, uh, you know, intellectual property and, Pretty much like how far it could really go and, um, you know, like where does the line get blurred? And because I explained to him a little bit about Disney's situation, uh, trying to make a long story short, basically Walt Disney, you know, whatever, Mickey Mouse, uh, you know, the most popular mouse in the world, uh, a long, not so long ago in this great country of ours, it was like a limited amount of time that you had for property and then it goes into an artwork and stuff and then it goes into the public domain. And uh, what the public domain is, is, well, exactly what it is, is open to the public. It's like, let's say if I drew this uh, stick figure and I called them sticky, and then, you know, I turned it into a popular series and whatever, made all this money and stuff off of sticky. Then after a certain amount of time, I think it was like 30 years or 40 years or 50 years, something like that, uh, it goes in the public domain. Now, anyone has the right to use sticky, and then they can go do whatever they want with it. A uh, better example is Mickey Mouse. You know, uh, in the late 90s, Mickey Mouse was about to enter the public domain. That means that Disney was going to lose a lot of money because now anyone could have made a Mickey Mouse cartoon or sold stuff and merchandise because it's going to be available to the public. So they lobbied heavily and they got those uh, 
they got those intellectual rights extended. I'm not really sure for how long. I just thought it was really interesting. Um, you know, I made the point where it came down to, which was, how much money do you really need to live? You know, and, and before I was like, well, let's just go as much as we want. Hell, I am like that still today. But looking at it rationally and logically, I think if you have about $10 million and you're making 10% return or, you know, a year and, you know, you have like $10 million in the bank and you're making a million a year, half a million a year, even every year. I mean, that's more than enough money for you to live and do whatever the heck it is that you want to do. You're not going to be able to buy more suits. You're not going to be able to eat more food, you know, and you're not going to be able to go see more things in the world. I mean, of course, you could do more stuff and blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, that's that's a pretty healthy amount. And why do I even mention that at all? Because it came down to, you know, me saying, why didn't the government say, no, screw that. We're going to let Mickey Mouse enter the public domain, you know, obviously because they had lobbying and they, they fought for it. But my friend made very valid points, too, which. Uh, let's not be mistaken. I am not a socialist. I am not, you know, left wing. Blah blah blah. And I'm not right wing either. I'm pretty much down the middle. I'm a I'm a middle I'm a middleist. <laughs> you know, there's certain things I like. There's certain things I don't like. And I just give and take, and I make my own own uh, you know political blend with it. But he was like, you know, somebody worked really hard to create that mouse and create the image. And if you know Mickey Mouse would have been open in the public, then uh they disney would have lost a lot of money and i was like yeah that's true and it was just like uh basically what we came down to intellectual property was like it should be no different than property what difference does it make and i have to say i i I agree with them but then i don't i'm just up in the air about this because he's like you know let's say you had bought 40 acres and you farmed those 40 acres for your whole life and you made your money off of it now you know these let's say you bought those 40 acres when you were 30 and you've owned it for 40 years you're 70 and you're on your deathbed hypothetically here and what does that mean that after you die that that 40 acres should go back into the public? You know, it, it shouldn't be able to be passed down to your kids. It should be available for everybody, you know, or wh- like, how does that work? And it's like, yeah, if you look at it like that, it doesn't make sense for intellectual property. Like, well, that's different. But then really, how is it different? Because that property has a certain value behind it, just like an intellectual property has certain value behind it. And all intellectual properties, for those of you guys who don't know, it's just something that is like not supposed to be tangible but in a way it could be tangible so for example like uh garage band this this program it's 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 property music somebody creates a song you know like let's just use like any song like tupac's hail mary i just thought of that right now on the top of my head that that is property that is like a piece of work that belongs to somebody should that just be available for free i mean somebody tupac put the time and effort into it then a company put time and effort into marketing it and mass producing it and making a video for it and what we're limiting their profits so you know we're we're, we're uh, treading really scary waters when it comes to stuff like that because it's like then what incentive do people have to go out about and try to change the world because most people do it for a profit there's a lot of people that probably do do it you know, to help for the, the betterment of, you know, society and humanity as a whole. But a lot of people, you know, company at its fundamental basis, all it is is you're providing a service, you know, or, or yeah, pretty much providing a service in some way, shape or form. Either B2B, which is business to business, you're providing something for a business to make them run more, uh, you know, uh, efficiently. Or it's B to C, where it's like you're providing something that's more love in the lines of lines of like, you're a B2C, which is business to consumer, which you are the business giving the consumer something. And basically, you have a fixed cost of doing something. So for let's say, for example, I make 
uh, you know, TV controllers, and I make the best TV controller because I can make this TV controller universal uh, for everybody. You know, you could work it on every TV. Now, let's say this costs me a dollar to make. Well, I don't have a company if it only costs me a dollar to make and I sell it for a dollar. You know, you have a company when you ha- make it for a dollar and you could sell it for a dollar twenty-five, a dollar twenty, even a dollar ten. Someone's giving you more than what you're worth what the product is worth because you have done it better. The society has deemed that what you have created is worth more than what it costs to produce it. Therefore, you have a profit. Therefore, at that point, you have a company. And obviously, yeah, you get subsidized. The government can help out because if it benefits people, blah, 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 blah. But at the core of it, that's what it is. And, you know, it comes down to if, you know, if it only comes down to, you know, people saying, well, you only need to make that, you only need, you could only make $10 million a year off. After that, then whatever. Then some people are going to say, screw it. It's not even worth it. It's not worth my time if I can't go out and make millions. I don't have the potential to make millions. But then, you know, and I agree with my friend on that on that, on that that point. I was like, yeah, that's true. It does limit people. It does hinder people. And it's like that person put the time and effort in. He, he or she should be rewarded you know, that that's their labor. They should enjoy their fruits and it shouldn't be taken away from them at any time. Just like Disney should never have to go into the public domain. And then I came back to him and the only argument I made was like, and I know this is separate fields, but I gave him the medicine argument. I was like, let's just say somebody found the cure to cancer. How like that one dude found the cure to AIDS and he cost him like a dollar or something like really, very cheap to make the, the, the pill for AIDS. And he was turning around trying to sell it for $700. You don't even got to use cancer. We could just use that example. You know, like when does society step in and say, hey, look, dude, enough is enough, you know, and and uh, it, it keeps going into broader and broader ideas. And, you know, we were talking just last night. I was having a conversation with a couple of my a couple of my buddies. And basically he was saying, you know, it needs to be morally sound. And I was like, who's morals? He's like, well, my morals, because they're more right. And I was like, they're born based on religion. And it just kind of made me laugh because I was like, everyone thinks that they're right. Everyone thinks that the decisions they're making are right and just and they're moral, you know, and it's like, no, this is a universal. I know I understand that you might think that your point of view is 100 percent correct and your morals are just the same, but it's just as a crazy person is going to think the same thing. So basically, I concluded from the overall theory and business and this and that and everything. And this kind of leads into the Trump topic next, which is kind of like. Not everything is going to be black and white, left or right. And just because there was a line drawn at one point, you should be able to move the line left, right, sideways, diagonal, whichever way, depending on the situation, because our society today has become way too complex. And for anyone to sit there and try to simplify any one subject or topic, it's just not possible. And that person probably has an agenda that they're trying to seek after. So, for example, in the Disney you know, platform, you know, maybe... You know, a middle, and, and this is life. And anyone that's older that that knows this will know this to be true. As you get older and older, you realize you can't really have your way. You know, when you're a kid, you can like, no, nah, I want to eat this, and your mom and dad give it for you or whatever. But as you get older, you realize life's all about compromise. You know, you have a significant other, you have to be able to compromise on certain things. You have, you know, a job, you're you have to compromise certain things to get what you want, and you're not always going to walk away. Probably even with fifty fifty, sometimes it's sixty forty. And sometimes you're the one that gets to 60. Sometimes you're the one that gets 42. And, uh, you know, the same aspects are going to have to go for anything else that we do in the future. For example, like Disney entering the public domain. Okay, well, maybe we would have a great deal of uh, society benefiting from Mickey Mouse going into the public domain. You know, who knows? What if they could, you know, make more entertainment for people and, and make lives, people's lives better? 
And, and moreover, this I'm just simplifying it to Disney, but it can even be moreover, like a, a, a program like GarageBand becomes way cheaper because, you know, it becomes free or whatever. But there's just going to have to be a middle compromise. It can be something as simple as Disney saying anytime you use it, you know, we're not going to charge, you know, egregious royalties, but we're going to charge only, you know, like uh, 10% of the overall profit you make or whatever. It could work out something like that. But one more last counter, and this is why I'm so on the fence about it. Um, you know, what if somebody takes, and this is the point that my, my buddy made, and it was kind of funny. He's like, what if somebody takes the, uh, you know, Mickey Mouse thing, and then he, he it becomes available, or she, he or she takes it off the, the domain to use it for whatever project and creativity project they want to use, and they turn around making it into like a, like, I don't know, like a gay porno or something like that. Something that makes kids and parents just think, bad of Mickey Mouse and all of a sudden now Disney who is you know peddling that mouse is now you know viewed at in a negative light now they could lose a lot of money and I was like man yeah if you think about it that way yeah there's no real laws and rules so you kind of see where I'm, I'm kind of torn about this is so complex and at the end of the day it's like I think I, I leaned the way of training yeah leaned the way of saying like yeah it's true if you create it you do it it should be yours 100% but there always needs to be some kind of regulation behind it. For example, in certain aspects, it's a case-by-case -case basis. Obviously, if you find the cure to cancer, you know, and even if, let's say, it cost you $100 billion to make the cure, I mean, you shouldn't be able to charge a million dollars per treatment. You know what I mean? It's just not right that a poor person is going to have to die because, oh, it's not profitable. Well, I'm the one who made it. You know, it's just there has to be compromises and stuff like that. And as society continues to grow, and as you guys could see today in the, in the times we live in where there's still racial tensions and there's still world political, political tensions like North Korea and stuff like that, we're going to have to treat not just, you know, those things, but almost everything we do in our life case by case. And it's going to have to take it's going to take people that know how to give and take in order to make the society uh, move forward. Otherwise, we're just always going to be at our, each other's throats. And we're always just going to have negative consequences that's not only just going to slow down our mental fatigue, but just our mental and our emotional, but just also our economical fatigue, too. You got to come to the table is pretty much like the best uh, piece of advice I could give. Sorry about that. I've just been rambling, going left and right and back and forth. Um, next time, I'll probably try to get my buddy on here. We could have a, uh, you know, a fluid conversation versus me trying to recall it. I just thought it was interesting and I felt like sharing it with you guys, so on this Sunday afternoon, just before Monday uh, podcast. Shout out Bill Burr. Um, lastly, I guess we could talk about the Trump thing. And uh, man, I hated it. I usually didn't post anything on Facebook, but I ended up posting this a couple of days later, uh, just pretty much saying like, don't always jump to conclusion. And it made me look like, like, I don't know, not made me look like, but I just felt stupid for even posting it. Basically, I just keep my opinion to myself, you know, and it's, you know, I just find it funny like how people want to sit there and say, oh, yeah, well, Trump's a racist and this and that. And if you think about it, that's mostly all people are hating on Trump about. Not his policies, not his agendas, but just pretty much saying he's racist. Like, yeah, that's a big freaking deal. But he condemned those racists, but I guess it wasn't good enough. And basically it was saying it's something that I 110% agree on, which was, you know, he said, listen, there's both sides of blame. Obviously, 110%. It is the racist's fault, the, the the damn white supremacists and all that coming out there. But at the end of the day, I have to defend those guys as an American. And why? Why would you defend that? Because I don't want someone one day to be able to tell me what's right and wrong and what I can and can't say. Even though what they're saying is stupid and it's retarded and those guys, like, I don't like those guys one bit as much as the other person does. 
as Americans, we can't sit there and try to get them to shut up. Because, yeah, we might all agree that's stupid and it's ignorant and we shouldn't want them to shut up. But then where does the line stop? You know, what if what you believe now becomes the next thing of, oh, now that's stupid and ignorant. You know, they have a right, no matter what, and no matter, like I said, no matter how stupid it is, no matter how hateful it is, to be able to go out there and protest in their own way. And that's just, I'm sorry if you don't like it, then you don't like America, dude. I don't know what else to fucking tell you. That's just the goddamn truth. It's just that simple. Everyone has a right to their opinion, even if it's dumb. If we might think it's dumb, they obviously they think it's 100% right. I don't agree with it personally, but... Whatever, dude, if you that's, that's how you feel, then you go ahead. You're still a very small minority, but we're, I refuse to tell you that you can't do that because I don't want anyone to ever say I can't say the things I want to say, such as saying, hey, what you're doing is dumb. I want to be able to say that. I don't want to live in a 1984 where you know someone gets to dictate, oh, this is politically correct, so you can only say this. Oh, no, no, oh you can't say that. Fuck that. I want to be able to say what I want when I want. Period. I don't want anyone to control me. So that's why I defend, you know, those supremacists' freedom of speech. Let's not get it twisted. And at the same time, what Trump was saying, yeah, it is both sides' fault. It was on many sides, and it was on many sides. It was on many sides. Those guys had permits. They were out there doing their stupid shit. They're freaking retards. Whatever. Let them think they could have their little minute of shame. And they won because they got the reaction that I wish we would not have shown them. Let them yell and scream and do whatever they want. They are the minority. They will never come back because we all know how we feel about that. And if we wanted to counter-protest, then we should have gotten the right permits. We should have stayed on the other side and had a peaceful, civil protest. Now, on many sides, they are also to blame, as in the white supremacists. They showed up with bats. They showed up with, you know, uh, like uh, pepper spray and stuff. And so did the counter-protest, the left wing. You know, the left wing showed up with bats and stuff like that. And it's just like when you have emotions running so high, what's out? What else is left? Nothing else is left. You're going to concl- you're going to eventually those those tensions when they run so high, you're going to end up clashing. And another side to blame in all this, actually, another two sides to blame is one is the chief of police of Charlotte. What the hell are you thinking? You know what kind of emotions, you know, this kind of rally invokes. You need to have officers there separating the two sides at all times. And another person to blame is probably the governor. If the governor seen, hmm, there's going to be a few thousand KKK members and white supremacists and white nationalists down here, and this might spark controversy, how about I send a few of my National Guard members down there? How about I make sure that the police force has this back? So what I think what Trump was trying to say is, and this is just how I see it. I could be, I don't know what the hell that guy thinks, but when I think of him saying, oh, there's many sides to blame, those are the sides that I blame. I blame all four five, six people that, you know, that were uh, like, you know, the other people that were there, all four of the people, my bad, that were there. It's many sides. It's not just, oh, it was only the white supremacists. Yeah, the white supremacists have like probably 60% of the blame, 70%, I would say, because they have hateful and stupid speech. But we're the other 30, probably it's it's 50-50. I just meant 70 because I really don't like those guys, but I'm just going to be honest. But it is 50-50 because even though they came and they did all that, if we wouldn't have came back, or not we, I'm not a left wing, but I meant like as a person who doesn't agree with the supremacist came to counter protest. If we would have stayed on the other side, if I was there and just protested and saying, we don't, I don't appreciate that. I'm here to counter that and let them know that, you know, there's still a lot of people out here in this world that think you guys are idiots. And I would have stayed on the other end. I wouldn't have went to go confront them. There's no need to go confront them. We're not going to get anything positive out of confronting them. It would have been fine. But the fact that the white supremacists came prepared to attack and they antagonized 
And then the left wing came prepared and they antagonized the white supremacists. Eventually they collided and a poor, you know, person ended up losing their life over this stupid, stupid thing. That's the saddest part. And then the fact the police didn't show up to make sure we stayed separated all along and or the National Guard wasn't informed to at least be able to make a decision, you know, to be able to keep more people down there to make sure we stay separated. To me, that's what it comes down to. As many sides are to blame, and it's and it's easy to sit there and call someone. The easiest thing you could do in life, and this is something Chappelle said always stuck with me, is just to be submissive and call somebody crazy. To call someone anything, to just quickly throw out a label. Well, look at what he said. Look at what she said. Dude, I, I would never sit there and just call somebody crazy just because they might have a different point of view for me. Even if it is as crazy as saying, oh, yeah, white people are better just because of the color of their skin. I would always be like, okay... If that's how you feel, that's how you feel. I feel this way. We disagree. We go our separate ways. I don't need to clash with you. What you're doing is not affecting my life. Just because you're a white supremacist out there, it's not stopping me from doing this podcast. It's not stopping me from being out, going out, being able to get employed, being able to get money to provide for my family. I think a lot of the things that people need to realize is your life is really insignificant. Mine and your lives, if you're listening to this or you're, you have friends and family and whatever, our lives on a grand scale are truly insignificant. And the reason why I said I was sad about that one person losing their life, because there's a lot of people that cared for that one person. Your life to your friends and family is very significant. But for you to think that other people are at play because they just want you and you only not to succeed, you're fucking crazy. You know what I mean? You're goddamn it. You're crazy as hell. They have a lot other things to worry about than your little life. But you have your own friends and family to cover it about. I don't know. Those are just my two cents about it. When it comes down to racism... I think the person that said it the most best to me and it's stuck with me now going forward is probably the great Morgan Freeman. This will be a sad goddamn day when he dies. I'll tell you what, man, that's one hell of a guy. But basically all he said was stop talking about it, period. You want to stop it? Just stop talking about it. And I was like, wow, that's genius. And uh, I don't know, man, those are just my thoughts for the week. I hope you guys are listening to my rating, rambling and rattling about whatever. Uh, hopefully helped you out in your commute to work or your break or listening while you were working. I don't know what you're up to. Anyways, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or like a topic you want me to discuss, you know where to find me. Hit me up on Instagram, PXARM007. That's PXARM007. Have a great week. Oh yeah, and tomorrow or probably Tuesday or Wednesday, sometime this week we'll be uploading another fantasy football podcast. Stay tuned.